Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment. After going 3-2, and two, up 0.43 units overall on Sunday, we're back to even here. Through four days of selections at the 2021 Indian Wells, you look on Sunday, we hit on all three of our game spreads. Ostapenko, Sinner, Isner, each getting the job done. Unfortunately, Petra Kvitova falls a bit short in trying to upset Victoria Azarenka. We also come one player short in our three-way parlay as Simona Halep knocked off in straight sets by Sasnovich. That leaves us at 13, 12, and 2 overall. Again, dead even through four days of picks. You want to break things down more granularly than that. We're 1 in 3 in our single match money line selections down half a unit overall. We're 9 and 7 with our spreads. That's a good number and certainly something to keep an eye on. Unfortunately, screwed up the values of some of our picks a bit early, so we're down 0.33 units overall on our spread picks, but again, 9 and 7 record there. It's been a good week for the parlays though. 3 and 2 overall up 0.83 units and again each of those metrics just something to keep in mind as we try to figure out what works best here at Indian Wells what do we have a feel for what don't we have a feel for of course try to figure all of those things out as quickly as possible to ensure that each of us ends up with a little bit of money in our pocket that we can continue to take advantage of the fact that we are the most engaged the most well-informed tennis fans in the business here at Cracked Rackets but of course again overall 13 12 and 2 dead even through four days of picks what I want to do on today's show as always run you through day five matches talk you through the matches I am watching most closely, the money lines, underdogs I like the most, the over-unders, the spreads that I think provide us some value. Of course, I'm going to offer up a parlay at the end of today's show. I will say it was particularly tricky figuring out this parlay. I had to get creative. I think I have. I think all of you listeners are going to enjoy it. But again, Dave Five Picks, the theme of today's show. If you are looking for daily recaps of all the action at Indian Wells, hop on over to our mini break podcast feed. We're recapping each and every day's play. Of course, you can find those episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts or on our website, crackrackets.com. Match of the day segments for our Crack Rackets Patreon family. If you're looking for even more content to enjoy in October 1000 level event, you can support our work, become a member of our Patreon family by going to our website, crackrackets.com. But enough of that. Let's talk Indian Wells. Let's talk day five picks. Here are my selections for my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the money line, the underdog picks I'm watching most closely. And of course, you look here on Monday, things getting particularly tricky. Round of 32 for both the men and the women. Of course, it's back half round of 32 for the women. They're a day ahead of the men. But You look in the men's draw, 
Only five upsets entering the round of 32. 27 seeds still alive. That is the single largest number of seeds to ever make it through to the round of 32 since they expanded to the 32-seed format in 2004. As such, tight matchups across the board. I mean, you look at the money lines we have to choose from. Which of these feels like a sure thing? Do any of them even feel like a sure thing as you start to look at some of these men's picks? Certainly, you know, Cam Norrie's been exceptional of late, minus one, and he's in a favorite tomorrow, but we all know how good Roberto Bautista Agut is, particularly on a slow hard court in a match that's more likely than not going to end up as a track meet. Are you really comfortable betting against Roberto Bautista Agut, even if Norrie minus 140, it feels like there's some value there? That's a stay away for me. Uh, obviously, Medvedev, Kranovic, you're not going to get good value at Medvedev minus 1800. But let's remember the last time there was an Indian Wells, who defeated Daniil Medvedev? A qualifier by the name of Philip Kranovic in a slow, hard court for a guy who has had so much success on clay courts. That's a stay away for me. I mean, even Andre Rublev minus 650 against Tommy Paul. Rublev spoke about his distaste for the conditions, particularly when playing the night matches. Meanwhile, Tommy has looked so athletic and just fantastic in two straight set wins over Feliciano Lopez and Dusan Lajevic. I, I don't want any part of that money line. Shapovalov Karatsev, the first 50-50 match I have ever seen on the Tennis Abstract singles forecast. Shapo's minus 125, Karatsev plus 105. I want no part of that match. And just, you know, again, there's just tricky ones across the board. And even the ones you feel confident about, maybe Kasparud. Well, Lloyd Harris is what, like 20-9 and this season on hardcourt? Something crazy like that. And, you know, beat Nadal at the City Open, certainly. And, you know, with his serve on this surface, how are you going to have opportunities to break him? It's a tough question to ask. The money lines for the men's side, particularly tricky. I would argue it's even more difficult. On the women's side, I mean, you look up and down the board, Kerber minus 145 against Kasekina. Kerber played a three-hour marathon against Sinyakova in her first match. And, you know, Kasekina was down 3-4 in the first set when she received a retirement from Astra Sharma. But on a slow hard court with how good Kasekina's been and perhaps Kerber's feeling it a bit in the legs, no thank you. I don't want any part of that. Victoria Golubic's played four and a half hours of tennis, and even if she is the favorite against Anna Kalinskaya, did you watch Kalinskaya grind down Cerebez Tormo? And with how much tennis Golubic has played, that she's a minus 180 favorite, that's too high, but with how well she's playing and she has had a couple days off, like, do you want to bet against her? No, thank you. You know, Beatrice Haddad Maya, plus 400 against Pliskova. Pliskova minus 575, not great value, but a slow hard court. Do you feel that confident in throwing her in a parlay? I don't know. Tomjanovic is a Danzig. Again, you lean Tomjanovic, but with how slow these hard courts are playing, clay court specialist tomorrow is a Danzig, turning matches into track meets. It's tough across the board. I mean, Goff Bedosa. That's a track meet. Krejcikova, you'd say, probably a favorite against Anisimova, but have you watched how well Anisimova's played here on this surface? A slow hard court to give her that much more time to track down the ball. Her weapons translate on any surface. A, exceptional matches across the board on Monday. But B, I present all this information to say it's really tough to find winners, to find value in the boards. And that's why I would have liked to do a little bit better in the early rounds than 13 and 12 and, you know, even overall so that we could have some margin to take some risks. All of that said, I do feel pretty good 
about the two money lines I've settled on here, both American players, and we have seen tons of Americans have success though this far at the event, in particular for the American men, the original next-gen crew. I mentioned him earlier, Tommy Paul dominant in straight set wins over Dusan Maljevic and Feliciano Lopez. Taylor Fritz looked exceptional in a win over Brandon Nakashima to kick off his tournament advance to the round of 32 for Francis Tiafo. I mean, he's been rock solid and he knocked off, you got you know, he bageled Sebastian Corda in set number one in his round of 64 match, 0-4 victory for him there, comfortable win over Benoit Paire in round one as well. But the guy I am circling on the money line to advance it to the Indian Wells round of 16 is a guy we've seen advance to a Masters final already this season. And of course, I'm referring to Riley Opelka, who you look tomorrow is favored, minus 115, narrow favorite, but favored tomorrow over Grigor Dimitrov. You look for Opelka this season. I mean, he's playing the best tennis of his young career. And of course, 24 years old, you would expect him to begin ascending into his prime. He's currently ranked number 20 in the live rankings. You want to look at the more advanced metrics for Riley Opelka here. Uh, excuse me, in the live rankings, yet currently number 23. You look for him in the points race, Opelka number 18. You look for him at the advanced metrics overall ELO rating right now has Riley Opelka currently listed at 27th. You want to look 2021 specific results. Riley Opelka currently at 20th. Again, this has been his rise to the top 20 this season. And it's been, you know, based off of two particularly strong performances. He makes the final in Canada, beats CT Pass, beats RBA, beats Lloyd Harris, beats Grigor Dimitrov who he plays again today uh, and knocks out Nick Kyrgios in round one as well. He also made the semifinals of Rome back in May. In that instance, he knocked off Karatsev. He knocks off Delbonis Musetti before getting knocked out by Rafa uh, himself. You look at some of the other you know, impressive things for him. Third round Roland Garros before getting knocked out by Medvedev. Fourth round U.S. Open before getting knocked out by Lloyd Harris. It's been a step forward for Riley Opelka, clearly this season. And you look at the numbers for Opelka Holding serve 89.3% of the time. Now, that number is below his career average, but I think the big number, he's winning 55% of his second serves now. That is above his career average, and it's clear he's becoming a better spot server. He's becoming better, uh, just more proficient with his plus one ball, whether it's a plus one forehand, whether it's incorporating serving and volleying. Just, he's become more efficient in his service games, and I know that 89.3% sounds low, but again, I think he is serving better and better here this season. Of course, the big number for him will always be the break percentage. He's at 10.7% this year. That's above his career average still. That's not particularly good. I believe that ranks 48th amongst top 50 players, but on this surface, you just love what Riley's going to be able to do with the serve. Hit the high kicking, you know, high kick serve and just have all the time in the world with his plus one ball. Of course, the slowing of the surface gives him that half, extra half second to track down the ball. And perhaps what makes Riley so special is how fluid he is for a guy his size. And you can see it against Taro Daniel. He was ripping the ball so cleanly because of the high bounce. It's bouncing closer to his strike zone. He can essentially bunt down and just hit flat on the ball. I love this surface. I love these conditions for Riley Opelka. And I think, you know, again, for a guy from Florida, he's embraced the California kid motto, playing in Indian Wells in the desert heat. Just, it, it just seems to bring out the best in his tennis. And look, 
It helps that he's already beaten his opponent, Grigor Dimitrov, in the past month. And you look at that matchup. It was a 3-4 and four win for Opelka. He f- faced only one break point in the match. He fought it off. He won 84% of his first serve points, made 68% of his first serves in the match. I don't think he served particularly well, and yet he was just able to win so comfortably and you know get the clean look, get the one break of serve he needed in each set to advance. And so when I look for Opelka in this matchup tomorrow, A, again, it's a matchup he knows. B, it, Grigor Dimitrov and Indian Wells have not always been the best pairing. You look for Grigor. He's never advanced past the round of 32 at this event, 5-7 and seven for his career in uh, Indian Wells' main draw matches. And just, again, it's a nightmare matchup for him. Riley served to that backhand over and over again. Riley's just going to have opportunities to attack. And again, for Grigor, who wants to play on a faster surface, be moving forward, be aggressive, use his speed uh, as a way of beating you to the punch and taking time away from you, it's just a little bit harder to do that on these Indian Wells courts. And so when we look for Riley tomorrow, again, not only has he beaten Grigor in the past month, He's only minus 115. I think there's value there. You want to look at the tennis abstract singles forecast. It has Opelka a 50.6% favor to Dimitrov's 49.4, essentially a toss-up. But again, you look for Grigor 22 and 17 in his last 52 weeks. Uh, you look for Dimitrov right now in the rankings. He has fallen. Uh, I believe you look in the race right now. Uh, Grigor 28th in the live rankings. You look for him in the race. Grigor Dimitrov currently 38th here on the season. I think Riley wins this match. I think we're seeing a good tournament for the American men. I think Riley is spearheading, you know, again, the the push we're seeing from the original Next Geners right now. Tiafo, Riley, Fritz, Tommy. I think things are starting to click for them, and it makes sense. They're all turning 23, 24, 25 years old in the next coming years. That's when you're supposed to be hitting the prime of your career. Give me Riley to continue his exceptional form. Again, just look at his last four hard-court results. Final in Canada, three-set loss to Kasparud in Cincinnati, round of 16 U.S. Open. I think round of 16 is in the cards for him. Here at Indian Wells, give me Opelka to advance over Dimitrov, minus 115. We're going to throw half a unit on it to win 0.43 that's ace of the day number one that's money line number one money line number two another american we're going danielle collins plus 110 over own jabour now look own jabour is your wins leader here in 2021 on the wta tour she's been exceptional by just about any metric you want to turn to 47 and 18 in her last 52 weeks career high for her in hold percentage 74.2 career high for her in break percentage 41.4 percent she's currently i believe ninth in the race to the year-end finals but of course given Barty uh and osaka very unlikely to be playing that event even if uh osaka if osaka were to qualify she's technically seventh in that race and she's built herself I don't want to say a solid lead but she's in the pole in the pole position she's over uh, you know 194 points ahead of Alina Svitolina and around behind her in this event so again if she wins her match she now becomes 249 points ahead of Svitolina in the same round of Indian Wells it's just really hard to make up 250 points at this stage of the year and again even if Svitolina passes her she's still got about a 300 plus point lead on Pavlochenkova and Elisa Mertens who have both been eliminated from this event and you know she's up about 300 points on Pagula on Coco Goff as well in a year where she's won her first title become the highest ranked Arab woman ever 
Ongebor may also qualify for her first year-end finals. And again, she's one of four women to be in the top 15 club, top 15 in both hold and break percentage. She has been exceptional this season, but I think Danielle Collins has been a little bit better down the season's home stretch. And you look for Danielle Collins, she's also a top 15. She's one of those four people, top 15 club in both hold and break percentage. She's holding serve 73.5% of the time. That's, you know, 6% above her career average. And it's a career high for her over the last 52 weeks. Now it's 0.7% behind Jabour. But she's also breaking, you know, Danielle Collins, 40.2% break percentage. That's a career high for her, 4% above her career average, top 15 club material as well. And still like, a, you know, half percent behind own Jabour. And you look for them from a result standpoint, Danielle Collins, 35 and 13 in her last 52 weeks. That's a 73% win percentage. Own Jabour, 47 and 18. That's a 72% win percentage. They've both made multiple finals. I believe Danielle Collins has won more titles of late, and that's because you look for Danielle Collins here again in 2021. Uh, or really, let's go, since she went on her run, we'll say starting post-Wimbledon, we'll include Hamburg in that run because it's kind of disingenuous to just throw out the one bad result, but we'll include Hamburg in there. So since since Wimbledon for Danielle Collins, 22-6 and six overall, and you look for her during that time, a title in Palermo, a title in San Jose, round of 16 in Montreal before losing in three sets to Jess Pegula, you know, third round U.S. Open before getting knocked out by Arena Sabalenka, 7-6 in the third loss last week in Chicago to Marketa Von Drusova. I mean, she's been exceptional. She really has been for Danielle Collins here down the home stretch. And while for Own Jabour, again, all year long, she's been excellent. And she made the final in Chicago and also made the third round of the U.S. Open, also made round of 16 in Cincinnati. Quarterfinals for her in Montreal, where, by the way, she also lost in three sets to Jess Pegula. That's something her and Danielle Collins share in common. Again, this is a pick 'em sort of match. And the tennis abstract formula suggests as much. You look right now, Onjabur 55.6% favored to Danielle Collins, 44.4%. That said, here's why I'm backing the underdog Collins. It's for two reasons. A, you look, they've played before. And in fact, for Danielle Collins, she knocked off Onjabur in three sets at last year's French Open. Why is that a significant result? Because of the conditions that match were played in. Obviously, French Open, slower court, gives Danielle Collins a little bit more time to track down that ball, to, you know, uh, deal with the variety, the slices, and just, you know, all the Michigas Onjabur throws at you throughout the course of a match. And I think a slow hard court is an even better advantage for Danielle Collins because her movement is that much better. And, you know, on a slow hard court, she has that much more time to set her feet and, you know, get around and own Jabour slice. She has that much more time to track down that drop shot that Jabour throws at her, that much more time to get into her plays, get clean rips on the return of serve. I just think the variety of Jabour, you know, her ability to disrupt Collins' rhythm, it's neutralized on this Indian Wells surface, much as it was neutralized neutralized at Roland Garros. And again, that was a three-set result, by the way, between Collins and Jabour. That was a pick'em. This match is a pick'em. But I just am feeling good about Collins' form right now. Again, she's seeing the ball so cleanly. She's hitting the ball so well. 
plus 110 feels like value. We're going to grab it with Danielle Collins, throw half a unit on it to win 0.55. That is ace of the day number two. And again, Jabour Collins, certainly a pick em. That's why we're only throwing half a unit on it. But that's ace of the day number two. Uh, and again, that is uh, our final money underdog, a money line or underdog pick. Let's go now quickly to the over-unders, the spreads I like on the day. Look, I mean, Casper Rude's been so excellent here down the home stretch of 2021 and just in general in 2021 five titles on the year that's your title leader and of course he's coming off of a title run in San Diego dominant performance for him in round number one over Carbeas Bania and on a slow hard court I mean you just love how his game translates the physicality he can bring he's top 20 in both hold and break percentage if we can get him at minus two and a half games at minus 150 in a round of 32 I think we have to grab it and of course Look, he's got a tricky match against an informed Lloyd Harris, who, as I mentioned, has been exceptional on hard courts here this season. You look for Lloyd Harris overall on the year, and of course, the big outlier result for him was the Dubai final that he reached earlier this season. But overall, for Lloyd Harris, again, he's just been exceptional all year long on the hard courts and uh, you know, beats Rafa at the City Open. Certainly, that was a noticeable, uh, that was obviously a result you take note of, but you look for Lloyd Harris overall here on the season in 2021. He's 29 and 19 overall. You break that down on hard courts, 23 and 11. Yeah, he's winning, you know, 68% of his hard court matches. That's certainly not a walk, a cakewalk for Casperud, but. Simply put, I still think Kasparud wins this match, particularly on a surface where he's going to have time to play six, seven feet back if he'd like to, to get a clean rip on the return. And I just think he's going to be able to keep pace, hold serve with Lloyd Harris. He moves the ball so well around the court and won't allow Harris to just be teeing off from the center and just, again, will keep the pressure on Harris as well. I just think minus two and a half games, that's him winning in straight sets and, you know, seven and getting one break of serve deficit in one of the sets. That's all it's got to be. It can be a 7-6-7-5 win and you still cover. And I think even in a three-set scenario for Kasparu, because I don't see him in any set getting blown out 6-1, 6-2. I could see him losing a 7-6 first set and then bouncing back and taking the second set 6-2 and cruising from there. I just don't see a world where he doesn't cover that two and a half game spread over Lloyd Harris. I like him to win tomorrow. You get more value taking the spread than you do the money line. Give me Rude minus two and a half games over Harris, minus 150. One unit on that to win 0.66. That's our one full unit bet of the day, by the way. That is my most confident pick on the board. Rude over Harris, minus 150. One unit to win 0.66. I'll also take Schwartzman, minus two and a half games over Dan Evans. That's better than the money line value. Schwartzman, minus 175. You assume for Diego Schwartzman, it's not going to be a 7-6-7-6 victory if he wins the match. So minus two and a half games under that scenario, you feel like he covers. And again, minus 120, better value than minus 175. You look at the tennis abstract forecast. They have Schwartzman 58.2%, Dan Evans 41.8%. You look for Diego Schwartzman. Again, a sneaky solid season, I would say, for Schwartzman here in 2021. You look for him overall, what he's been able to accomplish on the year. You know, nothing crazy. 29 and 17. He's winning 63% of his matches, wins the title in Buenos Aires at the start of the season. That's really his only final, but of course, round of 16 for him at the U.S. Open, round of 16 in Cincinnati, round of 16 in Canada, quarterfinals at Roland Garros, third round Wimbledon, round of 16 Tokyo. I mean, he competes everywhere. 
that's what Diego Schwartzman does. And, of course, uh, he beat Dan Evans just a month ago in Cincinnati. You look at that match. It was a three-set, 6-2-4-6-6-3 win for, Evans, I, uh, for Schwartzman. I just think this court is even grittier than that one. It plays that much more slowly. And, obviously, a slow court is always going to favor Diego Schwartzman more than it does Dan Evans, who wants to play an attacking brand of tennis, hit the slice, move in behind it, make you uncomfortable. And I just think some of that is neutralized by this surface and I think Schwartzman's the beneficiary of that fact. And you look for Diego Schwartzman in his career against Dan Evans. Again, they've just played the one time. Uh, Schwartzman obviously beat him a month ago. You look for Dan and Evans of late. He's been solid uh, here down the season's home stretch. Not spectacular. Round of 16 U.S. Open. Second round loss to Nori in San Diego. Three-set win for him over Nishikori in round one. Of course, Schwartzman was pushed to three sets before knocking off Cressy in round one. But you know, playing Cressy is not a fi- as physical a three-set match as the two-hour 47 that Evans played against Nishikori was. Give me Diego Schwartzman to knock off Dan Evans tomorrow. I think he covers that two-and-a-half games at minus 120. We're just going to throw half a unit on it to win .41, but I feel pretty good about that pick as well. And then, look, I mentioned how close all of these matches are. Pick a name out of a hat. What do you think is going to go over two-and-a-half sets? Do you think it's going to be Colin Jabour? I don't disagree with that. Tom Janovich Zidanzik, Badosa Goff feels destined for three sets. Kerber Kasakina, Krejcikova Nisimova, Golubic Kalinskaya, they're all in the three-set range on the women's side. On the men's side, again, I think I have seven of the eight potentially going three sets. And look, it's a little riskier with Rublev Paul and Harris Rude, but like Shapo Karatsev. Herkots Tiafo, Schwartzman Evans, Nori RBA, Dimitrov Opelka. I could see all of them going the distance. But the match, this is going to be our first over two and a half set pick of the tournament. And I'm going with Andrescu Conteve. And it's fascinating to see Annette Conteve as the money line favorite. And look, she has been better than Bianca Andrescu this season. What metric do you want to go by? You look right now in the live rankings Bianca Andrescu number 22, Annette Conteve number 19. You look right now in the points race Annette Conteve 16th, Bianca Andrescu all the way down to number 36. ELO rating, same deal. Uh, and Tennis Abstract right now has Conteve as, I believe, a 65.1% favorite to defending champ Andrescu. 34.9. Andrescu's also uh, a plus 180 underdog to Conteve right now. Plus 180 underdog for the defending champion. Feels a bit extreme. I just, as good as Annette Conteve has been down the home stretch, and I think listeners of our Crack Rackets podcast will know, I like to think I steer the bandwagon of the Annette Conteve fandom, but you're really going to put BB as a plus 180 underdog against her, a BB who's fighting for her life here, defending title points and really needs to make a quarterfinal or better run to stay top 30 and just be able to plot her schedule easily next season, not have to worry about dipping off if Australia doesn't go well or there's just some struggles for her. I just, I think, you know, for, and obviously the Miami final points come off early next season as well. I just, I think Andrescu A, I, I never take her to lose a straight set match. She's got main character energy. She just, she fights, she scraps, she claws, she stays alive. Meanwhile, for Annette Conteve, does she have such a significant power advantage, such a significant fitness advantage, such a significant anything advantage tactically to make her such a comfortable favorite over a desperate Andrescu? I can't answer that question in good conscience with the, with the answer yes. And so 
I just that said, the physicality, the fight, the confidence with which Conteve enters this match, and just how well rounded she is. There's no glaring weakness for Andrescu to attack either. Simply put, Andrescu's going to have to play her best tennis, and the reason why I say all of these things is, you know, she does have the weapons on her best day to hurt anyone, and from a power standpoint, in terms of raw power, she certainly has that advantage over Annette Conteve. But again, when I watch this match play out in my head. I see a run from Bianca Andreescu. Maybe she comes out firing. Maybe she even runs out and takes that first set 6-2. But I just know Annette Conteve is going to have some push in her, have some fight back. And even if Conteve takes the first set, you know BB isn't going away quietly, particularly if she's got title points on the line. I see no world where Conteve, where Conteve wins in straight sets. So that's why I'm taking the over two and a half sets. Now, and by the way, plus 125, half a unit to win 0.62. But now things get funky. This is where we introduce the parlay. I talk about Andrescu being desperate. Plus 180. I want to cover the – just in case Andrescu gets the job done, I do want to throw her money line into something because to get her plus 180 round of 32 against Conteve, that just feels like value we have to grab. But I wanted to throw her in the mix with something because I don't want to bet Andrescu straight up because I do think there's a world where Annette Conteve, with her confidence, with her fitness, she does end up winning this match. But two players from a narrative perspective, and this is a narrative pick, which always gets you in trouble, but it's an underdog parlay. It's minimum value on it, and I just – I love the odds on this, and I think we can find some value here on this underdog parlay. So Andrescu plus 180 over Conteve, and then give me Tiafo plus 160 over Hubi Hercats. Now, we could honestly just call this main character energy parlay because Francis Tiafo in a big match under the bright lights, he has always been a primetime player. He has always been uh, a guy who, look, brings his best against the best. And by the way, ditto for Hubi Hercats. This is a primetime player sort of match, and that's why it feels like it's destined to go three sets. But a slow, hardcore you know, both of these guys want to move forward. Both of these guys want to be aggressive. Both of these guys want to get creative and improvisational in the outer thirds. And just both of these guys do a lot of things similarly around the court. And, you know, Hercots does it with his length. Tiafo does it with his explosion. But both of them shot makers through and through. Both of them comfortable at the net. Both of them well-rounded games. Both of them can get a little sloppy with their return of serve. But both of them, when they serve well, can be dominant on serve. Again, Hubi, a little bit more solid on the forehand, a little bit more depth on his approach shots, a little bit more power in everything he does. Well, again, I just think this is a really fun tactical match. I think it's a toss-up, and given it's on American soil, I'm going to take Tiafo as part of this underdog parlay, and you parlay him with Andrescu. And again, we're getting funky here. It was tough to find uh, parlays otherwise. I don't want to take Tiafo straight up, but you throw him with Andrescu into an underdog parlay, plus 628. Let's do it. Let's throw a quarter of a unit on it, just 0.25 to win 1.57 in return, and let's root for that main character energy. Of course, if Hercots wins, we're happy as well. If Conteve wins, we're happy as well, but underdog parlay, Andrescu, Tiafo, plus 628, quarter of a unit to win 1.57. Again, here are your aces of the day. Give me the Opelka money line over Dimitrov, half a unit to win 0.43, Collins, underdog money line, plus 110, half a unit to win 0.55. Give me Schwartzman and Rude to cover their two-and-a-half game spreads. Give me over two-and-a-half sets in Andrescu Conteve, and then give me the underdog parlay. Andrescu, Tiafo money lines, plus 628. With that in mind, let's rock and roll. 
into day five of Indian Wells. Of course, again, recaps of each and every day's play so far available on our mini break podcast feed, match of the day segments available to our Cracked Rackets Patreon family. You can find all of that content on the website, crackedrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Danny Westoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. With all that said, for super producers Fliegner and Westoff, and all of us here, at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. These have been our GSP Ace of the Day picks for Day 5. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.